Welcome to CPG Vibes. No script, just chat. We talk all things food and beverage and so much more. Feel our vibe and search for CPG Vibes on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And make sure to give us a five-star review. If you'd like to sponsor our show with your product or service or be a guest, email us at cpgvibes100 at gmail.com. Now your hosts, me, Alex Bear with Genius Juice and Wade Yeti. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 85. I like that number. It's a great golf score and a great year, 1985. I remember it. I was three years old. Welcome to CPG Vibes. Wade, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good. I got my uh, my Truff hat on. So thank you to Truff for sending that. They sent me a little uh, kit with their truffle oil, uh, their truffle hot sauce. Um, and another one that was like a white label. I think it was a another type of truffle oil. Have you seen that one? It's like a white label truffle. Yeah, I've seen it. I'm not sure what the difference is, but I've seen I've seen it. Good stuff. Yeah. The, the great product. Yeah, one is you know the white is Luke Skywalker, and the black one is Darth Vader. You Darth know, Vader. Just, you got to have both sides of the force with truffle. So, well, uh, so I, I have. Think, I was mm-hmm. gonna say I have my have? Uh, my take a trip shirt on courtesy yeah. of katie edmonds and trip cbd infused products um good stuff if you haven't i haven't got to try the drink yet but uh quality stuff for sure i put the link up if anyone's interested in that i was curious if you actually mentally took a trip after drinking uh, you know I was, think, I was thinking i could pop a can before i came on here but i just uh you know <laughs> if i you know i don't want to be too calm or too mellow or anything like that so uh we'll give it a whirl later see how cool. it goes but uh, thanks katie i really appreciate it yeah you're that's already awesome. so mellow already i can't imagine you even more mellow that's, that's well, this, impossible that's just because this is the end of the day for me and you know you still got a couple hours to go but i've been up since uh you know 4 four thirty my time so it's uh i it's i should be mellow right about now cool right weekend on, or right not on. weekend or not weekend or not right on so uh if you'd like to sponsor our show it's right down there at the bottom cpgvibes100 at gmail.com if you'd like to be a guest i'm gonna do the uh the whole kogan thing what what are what are the email wait they want to be a guest right there cpgvibes100 at gmail.com the same email that's right it's very versatile that email exactly it's a catch-all it's a catch-all have a complaint email there love us email there uh everything so Good stuff. Um, and just, um, you know, we're going to talk about current events and all that stuff, but we do have a, uh, a guest today. So um, really honored to bring him on because number one, I met him, God, maybe 10 years ago when uh, I was 2014, when I was just starting Genius Juice, he took a personal interest in it, which was awesome. And uh, they brought, he handpicked me, him and, uh, and John, I believe John Landis, to be part of their pitch slam, their uh, their beverage showdown, I should say, at BevNet Live. And then I did a second one where I was I was on there again. So it was really cool. Um, they just are so caring. They're caring guys. You send them product, they'll post about you. Um, they have, you know, a podcast which is Taste Radio and Taste Radio Insider. And uh, this gentleman, he is the editor and producer of BevNet and also Taste Radio. And you know him by his voice, you know him from how he looks when you see him at events. 
And I'm not going to say a, a, a voice for a, a face for Radio Wade because that's, that's guy, reserved for us. That's, that's reserved for us. for us. This guy's a lot more handsome than we are. And by bringing him on the show, we're going to double the handsome meter here. So let's get some music going here and let's bring him on. This is Ray Latif. How you doing, buddy? I am doing fantastic. Great to see both of you. Welcome, Ray. Good to have you. You know, I got to tell you, you guys are pro you know, pro to the nth level. You got everything going on. You got your sponsor email. You got your be a guest email. Your backdrops look good. I feel like uh, we could we could learn a thing or two from you guys. Uh, I, the I, team I, at this, Radio. It's a work in progress, right? It's a work in progress. I think it's it takes uh, all hands, feet. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> like uh, the guy that plays the, uh, the the foot drum and the harmonica, and yeah, it's 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 taking a lot. I give credit to Alex. It's it's all his. He's the genius. No pun intended. Well, Thank you. I also, I also really appreciate the intro uh, to me and to BevNet and Taste Radio, and it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate the, the caricature uh, for the promo image that you guys have. I don't know who does those, but I got to tell you, my beard is a lot thicker than... Oh, there it is right there. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, that's a pretty darn good job. I look like yeah. I'm uh, like what 27, 28 in that, and and I'm I'm only like 29 now, so you know. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was it was a photo from a year ago. You know, it was very very recent, and uh, yeah, we're, it's it's really cool. Yeah, we like to uh, make ourselves look good in that kind of gloss over all the imperfections, and uh, that's a lot of glossing, by the way. A lot of glossing, uh, but it came out great. It came out great, yeah. and I I love the new genius genius shot you have there alex in the in the photo as well because that uh that's a darn good product that's a very tasty product thank you sir yeah it was really cool that you guys mentioned it on one of the uh recent episodes and uh, i was mm -hmm. just i saw the um the promotion you know i saw you guys had the the shots in the image and so i listened which i didn't mind doing to the entire episode to find that one two minute spot where you talked about genius boost which is a lot of time for for taste radio and it was cool that you guys enjoyed it um, I was texting John and I'm just like, make sure to get that thing as quickly as possible into the fridge, given the temperature. So I'm glad it got there nice and safe and uh, no one stole it from your doorstep. So that's cool. I, and thank you for I, the shout out as well. Yeah, no one stole it from our doorstep. But I got to say, I think I'm one of the first people outside of the company ever to try this product because we were waiting in line at Expo West 2023 to get into their organic marketplace tent. Mm -hmm. Who do I see? is the team of genius juice and alex pulls out one of his new shots he's like uh this is uh, under the radar keep it keep it on the low i'm like okay i tried it i felt like i could go the rest of the day being the smartest man in the room so you know well done on that front thank you thank you i i gotta take that snippet and repurpose that in all of our social <laughs> media right there <laughs> no, it's, I'm, in all seriousness it's a fantastic product i wouldn't be blowing Thanks. smoke i mean you know we it's hard to say this. I'm sure Wade can can concur here. We, we see a lot of products. We see a lot of new food, food and beverage products and brands come to market. Uh, you know, always try to be positive about the things they're doing right. Um, a lot of them get things wrong, frankly. Um, but the ones that really do get the formulation right, the packaging right, um, you know, making sure that their label claims are correct, uh, which is, I think, a, you know, you, when people have that whole package, it's a very powerful statement about, you know, their potential. Exactly. Exactly. So I appreciate it, brother. And I'm uh, going to, since we have a, a love fest going on here, just talking about what you have accomplished at BevNet. And I looked at <clears throat> the preparation for the show because 
there's no preparation. That's the joke. I was just I was just gonna say, Alex, what are you doing to me? Yeah, it's, you didn't it's say a, anything, uh, but we were preparing this week. The the only thing we were prepared for was lack of preparation. That was it. And so, but I did go on your LinkedIn and and saw that you are now you've been at BevNet for ten years now, right? Over eleven years going on, right? Maybe more. Yeah. Yeah, long, long time. So I started at BevNet in March 2011. So actually yeah, 12, 12 years and a half years. Yeah. Um, when I started out, I was the assistant editor of the uh, of BevNet, which at the time was just the site and magazine and our live events as well. Um, and then when we introduced our pod, I became the managing editor. But then when we introduced our podcast in 2016, that required a full time job. And a year later, I took that on. So uh, I am responsible for all content scheduling, uh, guests that appear on the podcast and uh, it's become great. I mean, we have, uh, in the time that we've been doing it well over 1.2 million downloads. Um, we attract 23, 24, 24,000, uh, listens across our library per month. And it's just become something where people have used it as a form of education, of entertainment, and a way just to stay current on what's happening in the industry. And it's really just, I, and I, I say this, and it's going to sound kind of corny, but it's, it's really been an honor to be part of this community and, you know, talk about all the great things that are happening in the industry, talk about the challenges that everyone's been facing, um, and learn from the people who have been there and done that. Um, you know, we've had some fantastic people on the show, celebrity investors, celebrity entrepreneurs, uh, people who have had just mega success, i.e. a micropoly from vibrant water and body armor. Um, and it's, it's, it's just amazing to hear from entrepreneurs. And obviously, you know, Alex, we've had you on the podcast in the past too. And um, just the evolution of Genius Juice and well to now Genius Boost um, has been pretty remarkable. And I think one of the things that has really impressed me most about folks like yourself has been the longevity I mean, this is not an easy business to last more than a year in, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. I, like, I think the failure rate in beverage is um, over 90% in the first year. And then mm -hmm. of the 10% that make it, it's like, you know, 90% of those don't make it. So it's, it's a really tough business. Um, but when you see a brand that's been around for a bit, um, you know that they're doing something right. So uh, kudos again to you guys at uh, Genius Juice and... You know, I'm sure it helps to have partners like Wade who are, um, you know, I, I, just amazing people. You know, Wade, I, I first met you, I think, right around 2020 when everyone was, you know, trying to figure everything out. You were very vocal on LinkedIn, which was so helpful, so helpful for entrepreneurs. And you really opened yourself up to, you know, questions and feedback and insights about how to make it in grocery and, um you know, you are to be commended for, for everything that you've given to the community. Um, it's just been awesome. And you've joined us for a couple episodes of mm -hmm. our Elevator Talk series, which has been tremendous. Um, you know, to have someone who has the kind of retail experience that you have is like, it's, it's an invaluable resource for early stage food and beverage entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think, um, and thank you for all the kudos, man. I mean, it means a lot. And what I've noticed, um, two things I've noticed, the show has obviously gotten better and better over the years, right? But I think it's been consistently really good from the very beginning. The way that you speak on these, and you, in general, the way that you speak as a human being, but on these episodes makes it even more fun to listen to, right? Because you know as well as I do to be like, 
you know, I'm being a co I'm a co-host, your host and co-host sometimes that you got to keep the energy, right? You got to keep the energy going as you're talking, as you're engaging, as you're talking to your guest, telling a story to do that for an hour, 45 minutes is really, really hard. And it takes a lot of creativity. And then on top of that, when you have guests on the way that you interview them, right, which we have no skill set at here at CPG Vibes, but the way we interview, way, the way you interview the guests, asking questions, not talking too much, really keeping the spotlight on them. Again, we don't do any of these things on this show. <laughs> that's that's really great. And 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 we, I've always loved that about you. Like you're affable on top and, you know, number one, number two, it's entertaining to listen. And so what I've been doing and no bullshit, I'm not just like saying this because you're on the show, like some people do, right? They just go, oh, I love you. I listen all the time. I listen about twice a week. I just listened listen to the um, the Honey Mamas episode, which was cool about the new Honey Mamas bites that are coming out. Yeah. And uh, it's just a, it's fun to listen to. It's not too long. It's like short and sweet. And then you have the sponsorship stuff going on in there, which isn't too inter disruptive in the show. And then obviously you have the features of new brands. And the other thing I love too, one last thing is when you guys are all together at your headquarters, right? And you've listened to these episodes, Wade where there's like four people at a table, you know, there's, um, there, there's you, there's John, um, there's Mike and then the, um, Jackie. Well, uh, Jacqueline, Jackie. Yeah. yeah. And so who's that more on the project Nosh side. So I think that the element and chemistry there is also really fun. So it's no surprise that you have, you know, over a million views. So good stuff. Are you, um, what, what, where do you, with the, with the show right now, um, where do you think, let's say two years from now, uh, where do you project, where do you want to go with it? Do you want to keep doing what you're doing? Do you want to offer new features, new types of episodes? Or are you just going to keep doubling down on what you're doing now? I mean, that's a good question. I think one of the things that we've done in recent weeks and months is introduce more video content uh, to what we've been doing. So um, snippets uh, of our content via Instagram Reels, of TikTok, on YouTube, Shorts. Um, so just trying to introduce more video uh, into what we do. I think the other part of what I've been interested in doing is adding more uh, short interviews with experts and adding them into our Friday episodes. So right. for folks who are not familiar with Taste Radio, we produce two episodes a week, one on Tuesday, one's published on Tuesday, one's published on Friday. The Tuesday episodes are always interview focused. So uh, most, most of the time it's an entrepreneur, occasionally it's an investor, occasionally it's a retailer but it's very much interview focused. It's that one interview for the entire show. The Friday episode is our quote unquote banter episode where it's the four of us, as you guys mentioned, oh, I did something that our producers tell us, our AV team tells us never to do, which is bang your laptop. You're just so um, passionate. You're just like, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so our banter episodes are where we talk about uh, uh, current events happening or current news happening in the food and beverage industry. Uh, we also talk about a lot of new products that come across our desks, like a genius boost. Um, and then occasionally, well, I'd say most of the time we have another interview at the end of that banter episode or as part of that episode. Um, and so lately we've been doing these short series uh, with, inter with uh, investors or um, manufacturing executives or manufacturing experts and also investors who are uh, focused on a particular uh, part of the industry, like a beverage, for example. So Carlton Fowler from Goat Rodeo Capital. He's an investor in food and beverage, but mostly beverage. 
Um, he has invested in brands like Lemon Perfect, Good Crisp, um, uh, Drinksmith. Uh, I'm blanking. Oh, uh, of course, Hoplark as well. So Hoplark was in the news this week. They uh, entered into a partnership with uh, Brooklyn Brewery. Um, and then also folks like uh, Andrew Gard. Andrew Gard is the founder of a, uh, a boutique co-manufacturer called Right Coast Brands. And he has had a ton of experience in this industry, uh, working as an operations executive, knowing the ins and outs of how to make your product, um, and also what actually is feasible in terms of how to make and sell your product. I think folks coming into the industry, um, as I'm sure you did originally, Alex, and saying, hey, you know, this formulation that I created in my kitchen, how do I translate that into a scalable commercialized product? And uh, the answer, even for someone who's been in the business for some time, is, uh, is not always clear. So having folks like that on the show has been really, really helpful. And I, I just want to continue to have Taste Radio be a resource and a very helpful resource to as many people as possible. You know, for sure, it's, it's entertaining to talk to people a la, you know, I, how I built this style of interviewing. But the nuts and bolts episodes, the ones where people can say, you know what, I'm, I've been writing down the entire episode. You know, I've had to pause it a few times so I can take notes. Those are the ones that I am most proud of because mm-hmm. we, I, I feel like we're really on that journey with folks and, and um, doing our best and doing what we can to help them be successful. I always say this, you know, we as an organization are not going to be very successful if we're only writing about brands that don't succeed. Um, you know, we have to have brands that succeed. That's our business is writing about talking to and highlighting folks that have succeeded and continue to grow their businesses. So if we can help in any way, that's, you know, that's a great thing. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. Ray, I wanted, first of all, I want to say thank you for the kind words you said at the beginning and, um, you know, certainly appreciate you and, and, you know, just everything you do as, as Alex said, it's, it's, it's just awesome what, uh, your, your organization does for the community, but some of the things you touched on um, with the investor piece, I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Uh, it's it's certainly something that's drawn a lot of attention lately. Um, you know, the lack of the lack of money that's out there to to help with emerging brands. And uh, coincidentally, right before I went on the air, my good friends over at Spin sent me a slide of just some information they had with regards to uh, new products introduction. Uh, I think going back to it was, it was either it was twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. And it was a curve of basically the number of new products that had been introduced. And it's just a just a diagonal line going down because uh, and primarily uh, the, the, they're attributing it to the funding not being there in the current state that we're in. And I guess I wanted to get your perspective on that. Is, are you seeing that from your end um, and and or what how do you see that that trend reversing and, and starting to see that innovation going back to? maybe not where it was, you know, when money was just almost coming in hand over fist, but, but how, how does, how does the, how does that trend reverse? That's a tough one. Um, I think, you know, there are so many brands that are launching every year. um, And I feel like that part of the business is something we've taken for granted. Um, I feel like, the innovation that has come out and the innovation that came out in 2020 and 2021 was pretty remarkable to see, you know, people building brands and, you know, taking a turn in their lives to do something that they were passionate about. I think there is a bit of a reality check 
um, and there is a bit of a there has been a bit of a bubble um, in that it's not feasible, it's not easy to commercialize a product and scale a business um, because you know where the stock. And this is something that an investor told me, an angel investor. You know where the stock market goes, their money goes. So if the stock market is doing well, um, if their investments are doing, if their investment portfolio is doing well, they are more inclined to uh, add money or put money into early stage concepts. Um, but you know those angel investors are uh, becoming fewer and fewer, at least at this point, and it seems like that's affecting how you know new brands how many new brands are launching, how many new, new product introductions we see. So, and th again, this is, you know, from an angel investor that's been on the show has talked about, you know, the fact that she hasn't made as many investments um, as she had in the past. And so that could be a reason why we're seeing what we're seeing. Um, yeah. And I think um, totally right. Right. And, and, you know, uh, um, you know, the BevNet team, you're seeing, seeing the trenches, you're seeing the brands that are in the trenches and then, a genius being in the trenches and you talk to brands every day, they're in the trenches. It's become exceedingly harder, like you said, to go from ideation to create, to getting it on the shelf. The review cycles are getting longer and longer. It's taking longer to get in. But what's, what's fascinating is I'm seeing some brands that are finding ways to scale faster around the traditional, you know, the traditional route. Um, I think like brands like, um, like IQ bar, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, they've been around maybe four years, five years, something like that. They were all online. They just had a great digital presence. They made it happen. Midday squares. They sure. were not even the U.S. You know, again, these are big examples, but they're finding like creative ways to get people's attention. But my concern is like there's there's so much noise happening. <laughs> like there's too many. There's so many brands. I mean, the other day when I went into, um, you know, Sprouts, they have their innovation set, which is great. They give brands a chance to be in their stores, 400 stores, uh, without fully committing, right, all that what goes into being on a store shelf, right? It's like a tester. And I saw probably eight different cans of product on that shelf, and it all just mm -hmm. kind of blended in. So I think that's been the hardest part is it's more expensive to get in. It takes more money. There's not as much money on the market. And it's like, Wade, and you, you were talking about, it's really hard to innovate, like truly innovate with something Unless it's something, you know, you can innovate, but it's going to take a lot of money, right? It's food tech. And now you're getting into research and efficacy. And that's a whole other ball of wax to innovate something like that. But for a brand like Genius Juice, where we come out with a drink that's not proprietary, it has ingredients that are great for you. The best thing to lean into is the brand, you know, the power of the brand. And that seems mm -hmm. to be what is succeeding is the brand is winning. Great quality products are winning. But the brand, you know, Lemon Perfect, Midday Squares, Good Crisp, Koya, you know, even they're a competitor, they were, um, they just have strong brands and it's memorable and the name is great. That seems to be what's seem that's what's standing out to me right now in the market. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, when we saw a lot of new brands that came to market and were uh, totally D to C, were D to C only for a time. Um, but found a route to market that got them into natural grocers, that got them into conventional grocers. Um, the ones that have made that pivot and done it successfully are the ones that do have great brands, that do have great leaders, and that have a point of differentiation, um, either in their story or in their ingredients. 
that other people just haven't come out with yet or haven't told as well. I mean, I think of a you know, brand like Omsom. Omsom is a great example where um, they had these uh, meal starter kits that would help you make um, a particular type of Asian dish, um, you know, whether it be Chinese cuisine or Vietnamese cuisine, Korean cuisine. And recently they launched these amazing noodles that, you know, you can, they're sort of just heat and eat kind of things in the frozen aisle. So, but they took the learnings about how people felt about the brand and where they had permission to go um, before they got into the grocery channel, before they approached those buyers, I think. And so, you know, I think that was really intelligent of them. You know, Emmy is another one where they have that high protein ramen, um, took all their learnings from DTC, and then eventually are using it to crack that grocery channel. So, um, you know, it, as much data, as much information, as much intelligence as you can acquire and gather and collate mm -hmm. um, is really, really important. And I think that's the other thing, too, about, you know, early stage entrepreneurs and getting into this business. You don't have a lot of access to data. You don't have a lot of access to the kinds of insights about your brand or product that can help you make informed decisions. It's very expensive. Um, but, you know, there are ways to hopefully, you know, use what you have, um, you know, and apply it to your innovation strategy. And wait, I mean, I, you know, does your team, how much, how much data does your team, how much sales data does your team share with early stage entrepreneurs? We, um, we do, we do a couple of things. First off, you know, when we're looking at things internally, obviously we're using external partners like spins that I talked about earlier and, and, and looking at things, certainly, um, as we go to shows, we're out in the market, you know, um, whether it's on the West coast, the East coast, you know, we're looking at things, but as far as sharing data, we're, I, you know, I won't say we're an open book. I know there's some organizations that have, you know, you know, external portals or something like that, where they can tap into, uh, sometimes that's a paid service. Sometimes that's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's just a service that's provided by the retailer, but, um, you know, I th we're, we're pretty open with sharing that information with, with our partners. Um, you know, I, I think certainly there's, there's some information we can't share, you know, as far as, you know, the competitive nature of the business and things like that. But I, I think we're, uh, you know, my team is pretty open to, uh, just having conversation with our partners to, you know, we want them to succeed. So, um, you know, if, if we can give examples of, of what another brand is doing that's working, um, we're going to share that information because at the end of the day, uh, I say this all the time, we just want to sell more stuff. Right. I mean, right. That's, it's not a complicated business. We want to sell more stuff. Our partners want to sell more stuff. So I think, um, you know, anything we can do uh, as an organization, as a team to to help uh, our, our our brands, our our partners, however you want to say it, uh, sell sell more stuff. We're going to do that, um, you know, within reasons, right? It's going to be ethical. <laughs> it's going yeah. to be sustain. It's going to be sustainable. Um, you know, it's going to be legal, obviously. So, uh, you know, anything we can do that we can we can help drive that business, we're going to do. Because um, uh, when you look at our stores and the set size, um, set sizes, how how big or how small they are, uh, we have, as everyone has, a vested interest in in, in making sure that the decisions we make, the brands we carry succeed. And so we, we really try hard to make the right decisions up front, but then we work even harder to make sure that we get them off the shelf because uh, that's, that's what we need to do. So. Yeah. I wanted to jump into just from a, uh, just a little comment there to Mike Fata. What's up, Mike is um, <clears throat> you know, with the shots, right. These genius boost shots that just came out, you know, it was the first time, as you know, Ray and, and, and Wade, that we came out with anything really new, like like totally different bottle size, different functionality, different base in 10 years, you know, 
10 years. Um, I've been doing this uh, since 2014. Um, so that's, uh, I, I've learned a lot, right? What to do and what not to do. And when we came out with our smoothies, you know, 10 years ago, it was just like, oh, I love this product. No one else is doing this product. I'm going to come out with this product. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, that's, that's um, from the gut. And unfortunately, in my opinion, it was too much gut <clears throat> and not enough science. It was a lot of art with not enough science. And also uh, I messed up on the margins, but that's a whole other story from, a, you know, for another day, which most entrepreneurs do. The margins are too low when you launch your brand and you're, you're like trying to get your volume up to catch up and get better margins. So you have cash flow and you're profitable and you can raise a bunch of money. So, but what's interesting is I'm like, I have another at bat with the shots to nail it from the beginning, both from a functionality, um, differentiation, but being in the market at the right time. And that's where there's the science of the data with the art of the entrepreneurial gut. You know, is this the right thing to do? Is this the right time to pursue this? And it's such a great case study because what I saw and also forming a moat, that's the other thing too. We're not some, someone can't just come out in a month and copy you if they see it as a really good idea. And so we have a very um, particular specialized relationship with a manufacturing partner where it's not easy to make the genius boost shot. It seems easy, but to process it, get it right, give it shelf life, we can distribute anywhere in the country is not easy. So with all that said, when we created this, I went to Mintel, which I really like, M-I-N-T-E-L. Uh, they wouldn't let me through the front door. You have to be like, you have to have an account with a, um, like a school, right? And uh, I'm, I was, I'm not in school. Um, but I found a, a gentleman that went to Harvard and he had access and he gave me access. And I started doing all the data research and I found, you know, functional mushrooms, right? You can look at categorical insights, what's growing, what's not. They pull from all the different retailers, conventional, non-conventional, natural, mass market convenience, and also just general market data from scientists. And that's, where, that's how we came up, long story short, with the ingredients, with the functionality. But then the art was no one's ever done a chocolate shot before, right? No one's ever done this before. Mm -hmm. But I saw the growing popularity of Mudwater, right? And a Four Sigmatic. And the fact that Reishi Chocolate with Rebel is their number one skew, right? It's, it's, it's chocolate with mushrooms. So I figured that was a good pairing. And everything in the market is basically juice, turmeric, ginger, juice, like the vibes, the cores, the salties, which are all great brands. So that's where the art came in, is I'm predicting something based on that. I'm, I'm making decisions on data, but predicting that this could actually sell off the shelf. And that, I think, is the hardest part about this business, is you can have all the data in the world, which can help guide you. But you don't really truly know how the product's going to do, you know, like when you put it on the shelf. Is it going to, is it, number one, is it timely? Are people demanding this? Number two, is it at the right price point? Number three, are people going to understand it, the, the benefits and functionality? And number four, how's the packaging? You know, is the packaging going to be good enough to catch your eye and tell people what it is? And so there's a really, there's a big uh, formula to get this right. And that formula is really hard to crack. And I think there's a fifth, which is where is it going to be merchandised in store? You know, where is it exactly. going to live on shelf? And I hope to see Genius Boosts next to functional juice shots because I feel like that is where I shop a lot. Um, and if I saw that product there, even if I didn't know what Genius Boost was, I might give it a try. I might look at it and say, okay, you know, where else, you know, these juice shots fit in my life this way. Perhaps this also fits in my life in the same way. 
Uh, but, you know, Wade, you're the expert in this. I mean, you know, when you're thinking about coming out with a new product, I mean, how should entrepreneurs, I guess, strategize around merchandising, strategize around merchandising? For, yeah, right. <laughs> I was going to say for me, um, if, if, if it's not a no brainer, which oftentimes it is right. A pasta sauce is going to be merchandised with pasta sauce, but, but if it's even questionable, my go-to is to ask, ask the founder of the brand, where do you see this selling? Where, or where is it selling? If I'm not, if I'm first to market, obviously I'm going to partner with a brand or the founder and say, okay, where, where do you think this has the most reason to succeed or the most likelihood to succeed? Um, if they have, if I'm not, if I already, uh, if it's already out there and it's established, I'm hoping that the brand can help guide me and say, well, we've had it here and here, but this is where we've seen the most success. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think as long as that transparency is there, it's going back to selling more stuff, right? It's um, you have to have an idea of where you want it to be, you know, where do you see it being? And, or if you have the, the background, the, the data, if you will, to back up where you have had success you need to share that. Right. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's not, uh, that's not a proprietor, proprietary that, you know, you can't share that. Right. Cause you want to see it succeed. So, um, you know, case in point you're talking about with Alex here is um, if I ask him right now, Alex, where do you want it to be merchandised? What are you going to say? Right next to Vive. There you go. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's just the way to, I, I feel it's the way to go about, you know, does everybody think that way? I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I think I'm sorry. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead Alex. Yeah, I was well, going to uh, really quickly add um, other other um, other uh, markets as well outside of natural. And I think we, you know, you said it earlier, Ray, which is, and then Wade said it as well. Where else can this brand go beyond Whole Foods, right, and beyond mm-hmm. Air One and Mother's Market and for out out east, right? We're talking uh, Mom's Market or Wegmans because that's where you're going to really get true scale. And so, like thinking about it, right, and the product market fit. What's a really great partnership where this brand can go? For whatever reason, you know, Super Coffee, right? When they really started scaling, they went big with Target. And I have no idea why. There there's definitely was a reason behind it. There was the partnership, probably merchandise in great places in the line, you know, was shelf stable. Maybe Target didn't have any other functional coffees at the time. So it was very innovative in their set and added value. But doubling down on a great partnership early on seems to be a really great combination as well. And I think with like the genius boost shots, what I'm asking you guys in the audience is like beyond natural stores, where else should this go? And could it go at a $4 price point? You know, could it go at a 7-Eleven, you know, as a healthier version of five-hour energy since it's a focus energy shot? Would it be ready for 7-Eleven? Would people understand it? So these are all like things that keep me up at night. Um, So um, anyway, Ray, back to you. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if you're, if you could be shelf stable, you might, you might crack 7-Eleven as a refrigerated product that, you know, hard. it's going to be pretty hard to make that happen. Um, and even if you are shelf stable, like getting that counter space next to a cash register, I mean, everyone who's ever come out it. with a juice, yeah, everyone who's ever come out with a, with a shot brand, an energy shot, a, a pouch pack and been like, oh yeah, we're going to live, you know, next to five hour next to the cash register. I mean, that is <laughs> extremely hard to do. Yes. Unless you are paying some sort of premium to be there. Um, but I think, you know, I just did an interview with John Fieldley, who's the CEO and chairman of Celsius. And that's coming out on Tuesday. Uh, this Tuesday. So what's that? The, uh, the 19th. Is that right? I think yep. so. Yep. Um, and he had said something just as a, as a teaser here. He had said something that was pretty remarkable um, and it was very blunt. He said, nobody needs your product. 
And I was like, that's kind of a harsh thing to say, but he's right. I mean, you got to convince consumers that they need to incorporate your product into their lives. And that's a very, very hard thing to do. And I think that's why doing the legwork, doing as much homework as you can before trying to get your product out there, trying to figure out who the customers are in a particular retailer, knowing as much as you can about how that retailer works and how you can support the brand at retail, um, I, I think is really powerful stuff. And again, Wade, you can, uh, you can call me an idiot here and say that's not the case. But I mean, I feel like entrepreneurs have told me that in the past and said, you know, the more you know about where you're going, the better you can have, or the better relationship you can have with a retail buyer and their team, the better off you're going to be at having them help you sell your product and sell your brand to consumers. Because um, again, that consumer, sorry if you hear that helicopter, because um, that consumer has to know why, you know, they're spending a certain amount of money, they're spending a certain amount of disposable income to buy your product. It's not in most cases, people aren't selling water. And even if they were selling water, they, you know, that's a really tough business, but tangent mm -hmm. there. But um, they have to know why they're paying a premium um, for your exactly. product. I and think that, you're spot on. I think you're yeah. spot on. Yeah. Functional functionality. I mean, I'll pass it to you, Wade, but the only comment I have is I like ritualistic products. Like that to me is like, this nails it. And, and like the more that I'm seeing, like I don't know about, about you guys, I'm seeing more breakfast products come out because yeah. breakfast I, I looked up a statistic because our, our shots are can be um, I can't say typically because it's a new product I don't have the data yet but we're when we made it to be consumed all at all times of the day but especially for breakfast to get kind of get you going be a replacement for coffee and there are statistics where people have the same thing for breakfast three times a week you know just that's a mess or if you're Warren Buffett, you have the same thing for, for every day, seventy years. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like deeply rooted that repetitiveness, and it seems like innovating in something where people have it as part of their ritual. And I think uh, Midday Square is also, to me, did something really special, which I don't think has really been shouted out on this show. And people talk about the story, the founders, and, and they're getting their they're getting their money's worth today. Was us talking about them, but. I love how they focus on the curbing your appetite thing, because, you know, for people that need to lose weight, for people that are running around and need something really quick, I put it to the test the other day um, and I was starving and I was in the field doing sales for our shots. And I went to Target and I got a kombucha and a midday squares peanut butter and I was starving and I had one of those. I'm a big guy. I mean, I'm not big, big, but I'm tall. And it curbed my hunger for two and a half, three hours. So it works. I love how they went into that, satisfies cravings and all that. Because a lot of bars don't do that. They just kind of talk about the ingredients. And so anyway, um, Wade, to you. And I know Ray. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I know we're close close on time. So I'm going to put Ray on the spot so he can, we're going we're gonna to wish him adieu. But Ray, uh, look in your crystal ball. Mm -hmm. um, what do you see uh, being the trends to look for um, in the beverage category in the next, in the next six, six, eight, 12 months. What, what do you see? What are you hearing? Talk to us. Well, uh, just quickly going back to Alex and the point about breakfast, I think he's spot on with that. And I think we are seeing more breakfast 
uh, items, convenient breakfast items coming to market and for lunch in some cases too, sort of meal replacements because people are on the go more often and people are finding that opportunity to use those kinds of products more than they had the past two years, right? Like in 2020, 2021, during the, the, the craziness of the pandemic, we didn't see people going out and into their cars and eating on the go. Now I think we're seeing that a lot more. So that convenience to offer opportunity is much, much bigger than it had been. I think so that's where we're seeing a lot more uh, innovation in that space and also a lot more people positioning their products for a breakfast opportunity. When it comes to the beverage industry, um, the obvious one is, you know, better for you uh, sodas and better for you sparkling waters or functional sparkling waters. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. The hard part about the sparkling waters is the margins, right? I think, you know, when we are seeing brands like Ourobora and Sanzo, you know, they're doing really well. But again, going back to the point of, you know, someone else can come in here and do this. Do you, do you truly have a moat? Is your brand so differentiated and such a, um, such a beacon for so many people that that is keeping you on, you know, their shopping list and in their pantries and in their refrigerators. Um, but I do still think that there's, there is a ton of opportunity and better for you sodas, you know, the prebiotics, the probiotics, um, and in the functional sparkling waters. And, you know, when it comes to um, things like, you know, kombucha and probiotic uh, beverages in general, I think, you know, simpler is better. And that's been proven over and over. Um, you know, there was a time when everyone thought drinking vinegars was going to be a, a big trend that we saw. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, that's, that's totally a food and beverage industry bubble thing, right? So if you sense that something isn't necessarily going to be something that you see at a Walmart or a 7-Eleven, it's probably not going to be something that you see at a Walmart or a 7-Eleven. Um, and it's just, it's common sense kind of stuff like that. I guess the last thing I would say about, you know, potential trends in the beverage industry, I'm a really, really big believer in, you know, true efficacy. So if you can actually point to um, a particular ingredient that has a clinical trial or has a clinical um, component to it, has clinical um, backing, for lack of a better word, um, I think that is something that a mainstream consumer can point to and say, yes, I know about this. Caffeine is obviously the easy one, but I think on the horizon, we're going to be seeing things like functional mushrooms and, you know, in the same way that we've seen, um, you know, claims around turmeric. Um, I, I do think that is the sort of horizon that we're seeing for functional ingredients. Um, you know, I something a, that I have, really... I have a question, by the way, yes. for you, because I know yeah. you have to go is um, I want to get your opinion on this. And I, it's, it's a controversial ingredient that is growing like crazy right now. And this brand, there's many brands that have it, but the uh, functional ingredient Kratom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like this brand I've mentioned on here before, Feel Free, they have a non-Kratom now. They have a kava root. It's a little shot that basically relaxes you, right? For people yeah. that drink alcohol or take opioids. And this is a healthier, not healthy, healthier way to uh, relax you, right? Functionality wise. So one is Kratom, one is not of the same line. They did both because of the controversy behind Kratom. What is your opinion on this ingredient? Um, have you ever tried it? I just want to get your thoughts on it. I'm not too, too familiar with Kratom. I, I do know, obviously it's been in the news as um, for the wrong reasons. And I think relaxation, there is an opportunity there. I think, you know, there is an opportunity for um, 
you know, an ingredient that people understand, but understand almost immediately. And I don't think Kratom is that kind of ingredient. You know, Kava is another one of those where there's just, I think, too many questions for the average entrepreneur, for the average consumer to, to really understand what they're drinking and, again, pay a premium for a particular food or beverage. So um, Kava also has a particular mouthfeel that sort of is numbing on your tongue and yep. um, it's, not, yep. it's not for everyone. But when it comes to Kratom, I think um, the thing that comes to mind for me uh, is a negative connotation related to a beverage um, that was pulled off the market or that caused a, uh, caused a particular medical issue with a consumer. So anytime you hear that, it's going to be pretty hard um, you know, to, to really highlight that particular ingredient in a positive light. So those are that's that my two sense. cents on that. Yeah. Makes sense. Cool. Great. Great. Thanks so much, Ray. We know you got to run. So, uh, yeah, I apologize. no, no, no. We appreciate you. We plugged, uh, anything else we need to plug for you, Bev, BevNet, <laughs> Taste Radio, uh, Alex, Project Nosh, Project Nosh. Yeah. Um, also your next, your next show, right? Your next, um, it's going to be winter, right? Winter BevNet. Absolutely. Yes. Our winter events are coming up. They're right around the corner in Marina del Rey. Uh, we're going to start, kick things off with Nosh. It's the, at the end of November, all the way through BevNet Live, which is, uh, the first week of December. So uh, if you want to know more, if you want to uh, meet who the who's who's in the food and beverage industry, you definitely want to attend. I always talk about these shows as being the critical mass for the food and beverage industry. The investors you want to meet, the retailers you want to meet, the information that you want to know, you know, for, again, how to scale your business, what, you're in, what you need for your innovation strategies for 2024 and beyond. You know, these are the events to know, these are the events to attend. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, Congrats on everything. I can't really put in the words, but you have also um, evolved so much. I mean, you're like, you've always been captivating a great speaker, but I can see over the years have gotten better and better and better. So I'm really super happy for you. You nail these episodes. You do really well in taste radio. And also I think you give small brands with that for um, on BevNet's, um, you know, perspective, you're giving small brands a voice and a forum to be out there and get their brand out there and also get valuable feedback as they're growing their brand. So for all these things, uh, I thank you. And I think a lot of founders are also really appreciative of everything you do at BevNet. Thank you so much. And one last thing I'll, I'll highlight about BevNet is we have our own Slack channel now that does oh. uh, engage early stage entrepreneurs. That does engage people in the community. If you have specific awesome. questions about how to learn something, how to find a particular supplier, how to, you know, someone, uh, someone had a question the other day about, you know, how to find a marketing manager, what to pay them, uh, slack.bevnet.com to sign up. Slack.bevnet.com. We'll, we'll post that right now. And uh, I'm sl I'm slacking. So I got Genius <laughs> Juice Slack. I got Startup CPG Slack. I got a golf Slack thing going. I don't know where Slack came from. I don't know how they did it, but man, like a messaging service, like I don't know how they did it so well, but they freaking pulled it off. And they really did. Yeah. 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 Right, Alex and Wade, thank you so much for being uh, for having me on the show. I, I really, really, I almost said thanks. For, thank you so much for being on my show. This is not my show. <laughs> it's just a hostile takeover. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really been an honor. Um, this has been a ton of fun and I, I hope folks are getting something out of it. And if you want to reach out to BevNet at any time or Taste Radio, you can reach out to me, Arlatif at BevNet.com or ask at TasteRadio.com. Awesome. Thanks, Wonderful. Ray. Have a great weekend. Thank you, guys. You too. Thanks, buddy. Take care. See ya. All right. So... 
What do we usually say after a great guest comes on? Back to our regularly scheduled shit show? Uh, you said that I didn't, but uh, well, we're coming up on time anyway, <laughs> so we can just put a bow on this thing and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and just ride into the weekend, right? I mean, there's no reason for us to uh, to uh, rain on that parade, right? Definitely not. No, it was a. I remember you said it way back when we had another guest, and that's always stuck, always been funny to me. I'm like, now we're back to just me. And the other co-host. Okay, hmm. how do we carry this? But That's right. all, all joking aside, um, great episode. Um, and now we need to go into stuff we love. And then we're going to go to our sponsors. So let's start with the stuff that we love. Do you have one? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna give uh, my my shirt here a a, 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 a little. Shout out again. Taste, taste, take a trip. Um, again, that's from Katie Edmonds. And uh, I, uh, I just really appreciate, appreciate the package. I'm lo really looking forward to trying the, the product. Um, love the stuff that they sent. Um, packaging looks good. I'm sure it's delicious. And uh, I'll put the link there somewhere. I don't know if I got it up there. Let's see. There it is. There it is. Yeah, I've not tried that yet. I've seen it in stores. I think I see that. I saw that Sprouts. The Sprouts does a lot of CBD. Right. They're kind of leading the forefront on the on the CBD angle. And I know Jimbo's also has gotten into CBD as well, I believe. So good stuff. I could I could see Jimbo himself taking CBD for sure. Uh, he must love that stuff. So I'll, I'll have to ask him when I see him in uh, in in November. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So mine is because uh, I just I got a jar, coconut Colt. So. I'm just going to show you how thick this product is. I don't want to. I don't want to do the thing where I turn the spoon over to show like how thick it is and have it. That's drop. that's what Dairy Queen does with blizzards. Is that yeah. kind of what I'll you're do, going do it for? For a second. For there a second. you go. There you go. That, that's it's scary. It's on top of my Mac. It could if something goes wrong. I got fermenting yogurt in between my keyboards. So in between the the keys. So uh, I got the chocolate mousse, coconut cult, delicious. Um, got it at the new Lazy Acres in Los Feliz actually mm. nice so for those and you should visit this store man when you're um when you're i know it's actually pretty far from where you're staying but if you go up to la you're in that area for some reason if you're going to a bowling alley in west la stop by the lazy acres and los Feliz. it's delicious it's a great <laughs> store and then coconut colt's delicious so all right so that's stuff we love and now we're going to go to our next segment which is friday freebies friday freebies all right. So uh, this one is an interesting sponsor. I'm going to talk about our permanent sponsor, Wade. Okay. And I'll, let, I'll let you handle the uh, this week's sponsor. Love it. So our permanent sponsor is V Driven, Luke Abbott. He's going to be on our show on October 27th. So uh, vdriven.com, V-D-R-I-V-E-N.com, and we'll post it up there. And uh, V Driven is basically a CPG partner for emerging purpose-driven brands. They feel growth and innovation by providing strategies and support in every phase of the retail journey. They help from mass, as a master sales organization. They help you with trade spend deductions. They help you with distribution strategy. They even do uh, your accounting, which is really, I mean, that's pretty rare for someone to do sales and accounting. Um, but they do it all very, very affordable, super affordable. Because, you know, Luke, uh, the CEO, realizes that a lot of... Um, I'll say it kind of uh, facetiously, uh, food and beverage brands don't have a lot of money uh, right now, very little. 
with what's going on. And so um, make every dollar count, right? So they, they help you with that. So make sure to reach out to them. There's uh, Luke's email right there in the comments for those that are listening and don't see a comment. Luke.Abbott, L-U-K-E dot Abbott, A-B-B-O-T-T at vdriven.com. And now for our weekly sponsor, back to Wade. Great. So I've got this queued up, Alex, but you might have to help me a little bit with the actual item because I'm not 100% clear. But let me talk, let me talk about the company and, and, and our sponsor. So Lisa Petty, and I think she might be with us right now, uh, is the founder of CalGal. That's Cal is in California. CalGal Freight Solutions, which is a freight shipping agency on a mission to serve better for you brands and make a difference in the world. Uh, her team has a long track record of successfully helping companies become more profitable by managing their transportation, streamlining processes, and reducing delivery chargebacks. Key, per, key point there. That's that's a big topic of conversation for all emerging brands. You can find Lisa on LinkedIn or send her an email. That's Lisa at CalGalFreight, all one word, dot com. Lisa at CalGalFreight.com or visit her website at www calgalfreight.com. I don't know, Alex, were you able to get those links up there? I had to. Uh, That's what I'm doing that, right yeah. now. It's it's hard to, because I got to type it in and focus. So Lisa at calgalfreight.com. And the website is just calgalfreight.com, right? Yes. I'll put that in. Cool. Multitasking whizzes over here at CPG Vibes. All right. So good stuff. And then uh, just want to shout out also, um, Marcy, right? Marcy Jensko. Yep. Um, Risa, uh, she said, recent sponsor wants to know if you have tried your spice bowl. Yes, we have. They're delicious. Uh, my wife put it on some steak. Um, I don't eat meat. So I put it on some eggs and they were really, really good. Love the packaging. There's like the salt, the Himalayan salt with other spices inside, turmeric and things of that nature. And then the black pepper with a bunch of other functional ingredients, super healthy, low sodium, um, I don't even think it has it, like very low sodium. So I loved it. So good stuff. Um, yeah. And I, and I literally just got my package. So I not, not today, I think yesterday, but, um, haven't had a chance to try it yet, but, uh, I'm tuning in next week and I'm sure it's, you'll probably hear something. So, um, but yeah, uh, Alex, back to cow gal freight. Yes. Um, talk to us about this prize, the giveaway. Yeah. So this one's an interesting one. Right. And again, we don't do any preparation on the show. So I want to make sure we get this right. Uh, this is our dress rehearsal, the actual show. So the giveaway is a best practices for profits shipping guide. And then there's also a value. And it says uh, $500 minimum per shipment. So I'm not sure exactly what that means. We're going to find out. But definitely the, the main giveaway is that... Um, and I'm sure she could actually maybe hop on the phone with you or do some kind of meeting. Um, Lisa, you can tell us what you can do there. But definitely getting on the phone with the founder, telling them about, hey, best practices for shipping. What's the most efficient way? And then um, what's cool the, is the chargebacks piece. Don't forget that. The chargebacks piece. That's going to be huge. And then, um, yeah, and just getting the best value for shipping through certain lanes, right? So that's really what she's here for is getting you the lowest price, the most expedited service, getting it there faster, and also reliability, making sure it gets there on time to a retailer, right? That's that's very important. So Lisa Petty sponsoring. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll connect you too, right? Lisa and whoever wins, and she can get you that those best practices for profits, plus do some advising on the 
freight side. If you have a product, you're probably freighting it unless it's an app or and something. There's a live endorsement from from Sarah Cirilla uh, right there. And that's, the, you know, obviously uh, she's not being paid for that endorsement. You can see right there that they work with uh, Lisa and Calgal Freight at Cirilla and we highly recommend. So that's one emerging brand plugging uh, plugging for you right there. So if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what it is. So Alex, what? Exactly. Uh, how are we going to do this? Well, just eating my coconut coal here. So I have a I have a question. So I can just ask the question. Whoever answers it will win this prize. Uh, we ask that you are a brand, brand owner, or VP so with a company, so you can utilize this prize. And if you win and you're not a brand owner or don't have your own products, you can gift it. To, to your favorite else. brand, to your favorite, favorite brand, brand, or someone that not necessarily your favorite, someone that needs it, right? Some emerging yep. brand or someone that you know that could use a little help on the logistics side or the chargeback pieces we talked about. Exactly. And freighting has really been very confusing to me. I'll say that much before asking the question because it went really high during the pandemic. It's come down, but it's still higher than it was before. So how do you kind of get it back down to where you know you actually can make money? Right. And you can actually be profitable. And that's the hardest part. So I don't the other day I, I, I was shipping something to Santa Ana, which is not far from here. And it was like four hundred dollars. But then right next door in the next city, it was one hundred and eighty dollars. Like this doesn't make sense to me. So that's why we have people like Lisa to answer those questions, because it's confusing as hell. And you have to be an expert to know the stuff. So the question I have is um, how many total downloads does taste radio have nice how many total downloads to date does taste radio from bevnet have mentioned by ray yep yes i think we definitely need to chat about that lisa for sure Gavin, Gavin nailed it. 1.2 million. That's also, uh, you know, the size of his bank account too, at the same time. That's right. so it's answered. growing. It's growing. I heard he's big into crypto. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a cryptic guy. So that would make a lot of sense. A lot of right. sense. Yeah. I, right. I think that's well, actually maybe his monthly earnings, the 1.2 million. It could be. It could be. He's big. He's big. <laughs> so, uh, Gavin, I don't think we need to tell you the drill, but you, uh, there it is just in case. And there it is for also anyone listening, watching, tuning in after the fact that wants to sponsor the show uh, like Lisa did at Calgal Freight. Um, email the show at cpgvibes100 at gmail.com. As we said earlier, it's a versatile email because if you want to sponsor, if you want to be a guest, if you win the prize, that's how you get a hold of us. So uh, thanks again, Lisa and Calgal Freight. And uh, that, uh, that, should be, that should be good. I'm not sure if Gavin's planning to... Uh, to use that for his company, uh, true, true, true beverage, yeah. or if he's going to gift it. But uh, regardless, either way, I know Gavin's going to do the right thing, and whoever whoever gets it, uh, it's going to come to good use. So thanks again, yeah. Lisa. We appreciate it. Definitely. And wait, something I've noticed, and I need to put it in a way that doesn't sound bad, which is really hard. You know, which is a struggle of mine because I have really good intentions when saying this. You seem to be extra focused and sharp today you you always are but today you just have a little more pep in your step 
hmm. a little more focus. You're fast. Like just it's, it's getting, you know, things are even faster. Was there was something taken in a good way before the show and some kind of functional ingredient or drink or something. I just, it's like, it's been for the, for half the show. I'm like, this guy is just extraordinarily. On well, today. I, I, you know what? I don't know that it, I, I did not take anything. Uh, I'm, I'm all, all natural. <laughs> I'm all natural, but no, but I, I'll, I'll attribute to, I'm, I'm actually excited to get through the show because I don't know if I mentioned this before, but um, my son is visiting us this weekend. Uh, he arrived Wednesday oh, from, from Wisconsin. That's awesome. And uh, he's, he goes back early Monday morning. But um, yeah, so he's visiting us. So I'm anxious to spend some time with him because I've still, uh, I wasn't able to, I had a busy schedule, uh, take time off from work. So um, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him today, tomorrow, Sunday, spending some time with him. And uh, he goes back on Monday, but I, it's the first time we've seen him since December of last year when we went to Wisconsin to see him. So mm. it's super special to see him and excited to spend some time with him. Love it. Love it. And I'll, I'll assume it was the genius boost that got you that extra. That's it. There you go. Extra there sharpness go. right there. Someone actually said that here, Michael Bendo. So it was, it was, it's available in Southern California and Greensboro, those two areas um, right on. And, and nowhere else in between. Um, yeah, and then for me, uh, yeah, we're just literally just well, it's um, it's uh, Rosh Hashanah, so on Saturday, I think it's actually mm -hmm. may have hit today, but I believe it's the celebration uh, is going to be tomorrow. Yep, first day is to, is uh, no, that's yeah, it's tomorrow, the sixteenth, September sixteenth. So it's basically uh, the uh, Jewish New Year. We're going to be going to a uh, New York style. What do you do on a Jewish New Year? You go to a New York style deli. And eat. And so go. we're there all meeting go. up to do that. I've gotten <clears throat> probably, God, there was one, you know, like those group text messages that you're like, oh God, when it first gets sent out. Yep. There's like 25 people on it. Well, my family, friends, everyone in the, uh, you know, the Jewish community that's on this text, one was sent out and I'm like, uh, I love reading them, but I'm glad that Apple has the mute, Silence. this text thread conversations so it's not buzzing every time someone says Shana Tova. So for all the um for all my uh Jewish brethren out there, happy uh happy new year. I think it's year 5783. I, I don't quote me on that. And uh good stuff. So just family time and I, I maybe that's also the reason you're on that that extra lift is the family and yep. how you know your son coming in. It's gonna be cool. Right on. All right. So uh if you'd like to sponsor the show Again, cpgvibes100 at gmail.com. Like to be a guest. Also email us. We have a couple sponsors open in October. So make sure to reach out. It's $350 to sponsor. Usually get a lot of people that are on here, especially like with CalGal. If you're really, uh, you know, marketing towards CPG peeps and founders and other people, the perfect, this is the perfect uh, platform to be marketing your brand, your product, your service. And then also we forgot to mention this five stars. That's Make right. Sure give us five stars. We're at 112. We've been at 112 for a while, right? So I think um, I'm not going to call it unacceptable, but we can do better. You know, we hit 100. That was great. Thank you guys. And now we got to get to 150 because right. I didn't want I didn't want to tell Ray while I was on here, but I'm like, if we surpass you on ratings, does that mean we can say we're the number one? 
CPG well, show. you know, we we need the the ratings to stay ahead of our episodes, and we're getting dangerously close, right? This is episode eighty five, and we're at one twelve, <laughs> so we don't we don't want there to be an overlap. The ratings need to go ahead, uh, keep keep ahead of the episode. Keep ahead. That's right. It's only yeah, we're uh, there's a little buffer there, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It could it could before we know it, it could catch up, and uh, that's like the two, you know, the Ghostbusters, the two you know, things crossing, sword, crossing, right. crossing swords the whole world can blow up. So we don't want exactly. that to happen. So make sure to give us five stars on Apple podcast. That's going to be huge for us. And um, I think that is it, my friend. So That's you it. take good care. Love you, buddy. You as well too. Love you, buddy. And everyone have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week.